Welcome on in Thursday morning, DJ and PK. DJ is back. I'm PK. Hey, we were having some fun with Tim Lacombe, former BYU assistant basketball coach, now does jazz pre-half and post-game fours on the radio. And we're talking about BYU and their basketball program. And where is Mark Pope going? Is he staying? What should he do? Tim Lacombe has some strong opinions. We had some fun, and then we talk a little bit about BYU as far as what is ahead. What is the future for Mark Pope? Here we go. DJ is finishing up his tour of D.C. He's in exploratory committee meetings, trying to see if he can get Hillary Clinton to enter the presidential race again. Did you know that? Tim McCombs sitting in. That's what he's doing back in D.C. right now. I've always believed he's a man of the people. Um, and what a valiant effort by him to get back there. And Yeah, he loves Hillary. He always has. Paycheck is why I live in Utah. Yeah. Something about the pantsuit that really just gets him going. I, I think the fuchsia pantsuit particularly was was one of his favorites. He's a pantsuit guy. Myself, I prefer the cocktail dress. He likes the pantsuit. And see, I refer to it as a party dress. So Okay, yeah. There you you go. know, I think we've all got our <clears throat> descriptors. Yeah. You make me a natural woman. <laughs> Isn't it awesome when the guy that's not here just gets drilled? <laughs> that's spectacular, Yak. Is it not? Is it not? Is it not spectacular? <laughs> With a spectacular rack. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the all-timers, man. I, and that's another fun thing. We, Jake, at oft, oftentimes Jake and Adrian, like we'll, we got a lot of time to kill during jazz games. So Adrian, you know, breaks and stuff. We'll play some of the the incriminating audio, I yeah. guess, from everybody across. Yeah. And there is some funny stuff out there. Well, I'll DJ's a big Wang guy. Did you know that, Michael? And Wang. <laughs> Does he have a math hat? <laughs> what happens first? Look into your crystal balls. Pardon? Stop it. <laughs> Retail places that get the ultra big flag to what? call it the ultra big flag. <laughs> he, he had a little stumble that we couldn't use the uh, unedited version there with the ultra big flag. <laughs> oh, Sniggledorf. I'm a Sniggy. Talk about the jazz. I'm sick of you. <laughs> whap whap uh, the N Wang he was combining a couple of stuff I guess and he mixed uh, two words or something and he came up with say that again Yuck N Wang N Wang <laughs> was that TV no it was here in the morning N oh. Wang <laughs> I don't know what's going through. Remember Wang Chung? <laughs> I guess I don't know what was going through his brain on that. <laughs> but nevertheless, that and of course the old timer where he accuses one of our faithful listeners of being a man and she was a woman. <laughs> you don't really sound like a Debbie. Well, I've been one for a long time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Certainly the all-timer. The all-timers, yeah. Got to get to West Coast Conference basketball. The tournaments are starting up. I believe this year that three teams, the three teams at the top, St. Mary's, BYU, and Gonzaga, are absolute locks to get in the NCAAs. And I also believe, and see what you think, I believe this year 
if these three teams were in the Pacific 12 conference, they'd be challenging for first place. Oh, no question. Yeah. I, I mean, when you look at UCLA's number one right now, correct? They are, yes. And BYU beat the tar out of them, right, in Maui. So Way back. <clears throat> yeah, way on. back. And, and I'll, I will say this, Mick Cronin. Is a, he's an unbelievable coach. I've heard great things about him. Yeah, really, really straightforward, honest guy, and snarky as all get out. So that's why you dig him. <laughs> um, but no, he's done an awesome job. But yeah, you just look at BYU and Gonzaga. I put them particularly those two. I still believe in watching St. Mary's. Um, St. Mary's is not your tra- traditional St. Mary's team because they have. They have very few back-to-the-basket options, and that's a huge key to their offense working. Um, you know, you think about their great teams, and I got such a heavy dose of Waldo and Landale back-to-back-to-back, yeah. to back to back, right? So um, this year they just don't have that guy they can roll and post and throw it into and split and play the way that they really run their stuff. They have to have a big guy that's just dominant. Um, and then I believe the Zags, although certainly ranked high and, and had an awesome year, um, I, I don't love their guard play. It's not as strong as it's been in years prior, for sure. And so when you look at those two things, um, and I just believe across the board, I mean, you look at North Carolina having the year they're having, I just think the, the, the country is down a little bit in terms of high-level players. And so... Uh, it's a perfect, perfect year for the the WCC to have three teams that are eligible and capable of getting in because they're going to all get in. Yeah. I think all three of those teams can beat anybody in the Pac-12. I do too. I, I don't argue with that at all. And they would be highly competitive. Now, I think the strength of the Pac-12 is not necessarily at the top, but half the teams – Literally half. It's like you can flip a coin any given Thursday, Saturday. Well, they totally look different, too, home road. I, I don't know that I've seen a league, you know, this home road kind of affected. But you look at it, and, I mean, Oregon's near unbeatable at home. Um, you know, same with Arizona. Then they go out on the road. And it's just an interesting kind of dynamic this year with the Pac-12. But, yeah, the WCC, those three teams, I, I agree with you, could challenge for number one. Um, I I am almost a hundred percent convinced. I'll I'll make my for sure pick today later, but I think this is the year BYU wins that tournament. Wins the tournament? They'll be cutting down the nets on I, Tuesday. I really really believe it. I think uh, in watching all these guys leading up and these teams leading up, and then I know how difficult, particularly after a big win, going to Malibu into that gym. Um, and I knew they would struggle a little bit just because of the emotional high they were on, and I think they were down a couple points uh, at halftime. But just the way that team is loving the moment, it's just amazing. They're feeling no pressure, and I think that's one of the big key components is this WCC. Typically, when we went down there, by virtue of the season we had and we missed opportunities to get Tier 1 wins and we had some losses to lower-level teams, that – this this week was always so much pressure because if you didn't win, you're not getting in. Right, right. Very few times. I think we went down there once with a a pretty good feeling we're going to get in, and we ended if we could get to the championship, and we did. And I think that was the year we got three teams in last, 
was uh, St. Mary's, BYU, Gonzaga, all got in. Um, I want to say maybe that was 2012, 2013, one of those two years. Um, but this year, BYU, they're in no matter what. They're playing totally for seeding. And I just think, I honestly believe, team, guy for guy, they're better than everybody else in the league. Wow. And that's so, not me being a homer. I'm just, I'm be honest, honest to goodness looking at it from the outside. And I think they're the best team in that. So you're being St. Mary's and Gonzaga in a two day span. And that means you go 2 and 0 with uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's with Yoli. I think, I think they'll embarrass St. Mary's the first night. Really? Yeah. I think it'll be 20. Holy freak. And I'm just, it's just, you know, I called the Gonzaga win two weeks before. You did? I mean, I looked in my crystal balls. Ball. <laughs> what happens first? Look into your crystal balls. Pardon? Stop it. <laughs> I, but in my case, I do own several. Um, so I don't just refer to one. I go to several okay. of, of the ball. Right. Um, <laughs> With a Z? <laughs> <laughs> two Zs. Two Zs. Be clear about this. <laughs> Where are the Utah balls? That's two Zs. <laughs> two EZs <laughs> to make fun of him. Well, that'd be impressive, man. That that would bump up their C to uh, at least a five. I think they're going into the NCAA tournament. Well, it's always tricky because of the BYU is not the most. I'm sure, like when they start talking about this unnamed team, because they don't talk about the teams apparently. But this unnamed team that can't play on Sunday, right? Okay, we know exactly what we're talking about. So I think that's the one thing that seating-wise could work against them. Right, but if they but beat St. Mary's and Gonzaga, then I think they'll a, knock down the door I think there five. are four. Uh, if, a f- they do, if they do this and win the tournament, there are four. Because they're, I mean, look at it. They're in the top. They'll be in the top. At that point, if they do that, they'll be in the top seven in net. A four seed. Pomeroy, they're going to be way up there. I mean, this team's numbers are off the chart. And typically, some, I mean, you can make numbers say anything, but I just don't think anybody's playing as good a ball as they're playing. And they get it from different dudes every night. They don't have to have – I mean, they've had games where Kansas Yoli's got 10. When you say anybody's playing as good a ball, you're talking to the West Coast or National? No, no, no I'm talking West Coast. But okay. I don't think – I mean, I don't, I don't think there is a team that's clicking quite like they're clicking – I mean, maybe they're one of, and that's why even like national pundits are saying this team. I'm not going saying this team's going to the Final Four. Okay, so let's get that clear. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think they're playing as good a basketball as anybody in their league, and they're they're on something special right now. Plus, yesterday just put fuel on the fire with the with what I see as snubs, disrespect. Pope not winning Coach of the Year despite not having a lineup that he anticipated almost every single game this year. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So I, I here's my thing: if you if you if the argument is we're going to reward the best team, which is I think probably the way it should always be. I think that's the way Coach Rose always voted. Um, the the number one team, they're number one, and the coach should probably be the coach of the year. And the player should be player of the year, probably. And that's usually the way. Now, there's outliers to that. And well, I th- man, if you did that, you'd just be the Mark Few annual award. Right. But, and that's what it's been for the most part when you go look through the book. I mean, Randy and, Randy and Mark have basically traded off, you know, but Mark's won it more than anybody. 
But my my thing is you can't have it both ways. So if Petrusev is you're going to give him Player of the Year because he's on the best team, then you can't turn around and give an award to a guy who finished fourth. I you know it just doesn't make sense to me. And and unfortunately, I think that's a popularity award. And I do know that I don't know that you know Pope has a great. I mean, you got to have a bunch of friends out there, right? He's more worried about working hard and being relentless. And he's rubbing people wrong. I don't know about that, but the I'm just Ran- saying the new Randy Bennett of the WCC. Well, I'm not going to say any of that. I, I don't think it's to that extent, but I just think you know Damon's one of the good dudes, and everybody loves Damon, and he has done a remarkable job. But I don't think anybody did a better job coaching in that league. Um, I would say few. You know, obviously did a great job because they have this bullseye on their back that people just will never understand. And then, you know, Mark, to do what Mark's done, you hit it on the head with all the crazy stuff he's had to deal with. You know, Mark that's being the thing. Pope. Right. That's, yeah, sorry, Mark Pope. That's the most remarkable thing to me. Yeah, I thought he got ripped off. And it sucks, to, you know, those, there's, there's stuff in your contract. You know, he's probably, that's probably worth 100 grand to him. Cash, huh? cash monies i mean you know i i can speak to what the the assistant coach of the year paid <laughs> zero <laughs> <laughs> and i never was nominated so i guess i can't speak to that but so i guess he'll just make it up when uh, uh wake forest offers him the gig oh he'll more than make it up yeah um i this dude's gonna get so much cash thrown at him and he's gonna have so many huge job opportunities because he is exactly, I mean, you've seen it before, PK. It's this time of year right now where dudes make their careers. I just go down through the list. Like, remember the, when Keno Davis got hot? Yeah. You know, he was at Drake, and he, he takes Drake to wins a game in the tournament. And my gosh, there's a bidding war for Keno Davis. Um, and, and, but you can Shocker go through Khan the list. down in Texas. That's right. Shaka Smart. No. Oh. Chaka Khan. <laughs> do you have that on? Do you have Chaka Khan on there? Tell me something. Give me something some of that. good. Hasn't done a whole lot of Texas. No, but he got really, really hot at VCU. Right. Uh, but that's how this thing works. So um, I, that's going to be the most intriguing thing to me is I think he's going to have so much money thrown at him, way more money than BYU wants to pay. I so does that. Dave Rose come out of retirement and take the job? No. Is Mark is Mark Pope gone? I'm not saying Mark's gone, but Mark's gonna he's have not Chucker gone. He's Chucker 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 <laughs> gone. <laughs> he's gonna have to turn down a lot of money if he does. And, and my advice to him: woo woo, <laughs> back it up. Nope, take the money and run. <laughs> because we were in, you know, our staff was in that spot, and we thought, oh, we'll be we'll be loyal here. We'll do all this. Hey. At the end of the day, money talks. The only color that matters. It's not red. It's not blue. It's green. It's green. I grew up with my mother, who was as profane a person as I've ever been around. Your she, mother? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Profane? Yeah, oh yeah. How are you so docile and and um, righteous? Uh, it's a miracle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it one of the seven miracles? Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, she used to. I grew up with her saying, "Money walks." No, excuse me, money talks, and you know what walks? 
B. Yeah, only she would say it. Bohonky. Bohonky. <laughs> if I heard her say that once, I heard her say it five million times. I came up from a very, very, not profane, but, you know, there was words that just didn't, they were more just like a, they're just part of the language. The S, the H. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, geez, I went way deeper than that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I was an and everyday occurrence. And she's gone now. And I have two older sisters. And they have uh, picked up right where she left off. Jake's hovering over the the, the no, seven-second delay. I'm not going to swear on the air. I mean, he's I, like his hand is hovering you know, this, over this it. This job uh, means too much to me, man. I I don't uh, I don't I don't have DJ money to where I can fall back on. I lose this job in six weeks. I'm in I'm in panic mode. Chuck it. So I need the Chuck cash. Chuck All right, there you go. That's some West Coast Conference basketball. Tim Lacombe's advice to Mark Pope is take the money and run. Headed down to El Paso, where he might run into a great big hassle. Those are the lyrics of Take the Money and Run. He's I'm not gonna so be, excited. I'm going to be the UTEP coach. I'm so excited for concert You just can't season. hide it? Oh. I know, I know, I know. You want to go? That was Tim Lacombe. Coming up next, the Jazz post-game show. We always have you inside the locker room after their game against the Knicks last night. Stay with us. Jazz post-game show is coming up next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Well, the Jazz get the easy win as we thought they would against the New York Knicks. No problem. They cruise. Everybody plays well. Bogdanovich, again, continues his nice shooting. Mike Conley did his thing very well. Joe Ingles, everybody, really, everybody played well. The Jazz have now won three in a row. They are off today. They go to Boston tomorrow. And if they win this game against Boston, stands to reason that they'll win this game against Detroit on Saturday, and they will come home with a four-game winning streak. This is crazy. It's been a crazy stretch now for several weeks. Either they're way hot or they're way cold and nothing in between. So there you go. We'll let you hear the best of the postgame with Jake Scott and get you inside the locker room and get you all the interviews right now. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz win their third win in a row. They beat the Knicks 112-104 at Madison Square Garden. They were led by Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich that each had 23 points apiece. Uh, Rudy Gobert, 18 points, 14 rebounds, two block shots. Mike Conley with a nice night, 17 points uh, to go along with six assists. Joe Ingles, nice night coming in off the bench, eight points, six assists, five rebounds, and uh, Joe even added uh, a steal. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Unselfish. Um, I thought we got a little, a little stagnant at times. Um, but when we're getting stops and we can get out and run, you know, we have a chance to, you know, to move it. And we've got a lot of guys that can shoot. So I think. You know, everybody feels comfortable making the extra pass. It seems like the guys um, building some confidence and mm-hmm. even more confidence playing better, and Mike Conley also finding his rhythm tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you know we didn't play well for a couple games, and 
And I don't know that our guys lost confidence as much as they lost some focus um, during that stretch. So it's good to have that back. You, you know, you're a lot more confident when you're playing well and, um, and being precise and, and playing the right way. So we've got a little more urgency right now, and you know, we got some. We got to keep playing. We've got was, plenty more. What was the key to um, pulling that lead back out once they cut it to three in the third? You know, we've. It's a game of runs. Um, it's going to happen. I think for us to, you know, we that's been an issue for us. Obviously, um, at various times, it's it's going to happen in some games when it's, you know, happens consistently. Um, I, th- I think we started to defend again. Uh, we were just we were giving up some some layups, and you know we have to make them work a little bit harder um, to score on that end, and then we get a chance to. You know, play offense. You know, on the move after misses. Is there one thing that you? Is there one thing that you'd like more than any, any other thing during the three games? That you have? Um, I, I I think it's the same thing. I you know I think I was pretty uh, clear that I felt when you know we lost a couple coming out of break that it wasn't necessarily one thing. You know that that we needed to be more solid and more sound and. Um, when we do that, or you know, any team is, but we're a much better team. And I think those things, um, if they can be more important to a team than others, um, I think for us, um, that ability to focus, to play mistake-free, to be urgent, um, and just to make things, make it hard, um, because we give ourselves a chance, um, you know, on misses to attack. And we're a team that needs each other. Maybe the best play in my mind of the whole night, um, Mike Conley fought around in front of the post and we tried to throw the ball over the top and Tony Bradley fired over. So those are the kind of plays that, that we're going to need and, and do need. And some of those plays, um, they weren't missing because of you know competitiveness or it's just instinct and habits. And sometimes if a habit isn't completely there, um, you have to be more urgent, and, and that's what I saw tonight, particularly in that situation, and that's been you know, a consistent theme and wanted to continue. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team beat the Knicks last night, 112-104. Let's get some player sound for you now. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell. The ball around for the open shot as well. What do you like about your team's offensive rhythm that so far of late? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just continuing to to play aggressive. Um, I don't want to, like I, I said in Cleveland, I don't want to get yeah. too high. You know, no disrespect to teams we play, but these are games where we should come out on top. We have a test coming up against Boston. You know, we got to keep the same energy. We got to go out there, continue to play the same way, even against tougher teams. You know, especially with a team like Boston, we just lost to. Um, but today, take takeaways from today. You know, we did a good job. We kind of, you know, I'm, I've been overly critical these past few games just because I wanted to see us, you know, do more and more. You know, I'm happy with how we played, but we got to be able to bring the same intensity against uh, Boston. Do you think, or do you feel that there's different confidence level this time going against Boston? Uh, for sure. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we had slip-ups in maybe about three or four straight possessions, and those led to, you know, threes and other buckets. So for, if we can, can, if we can, you know, understand that we can't make those mistakes, you can make those mistakes against certain teams, you can't make them against like, teams like Boston. So we're going to come in and we're, we're ready to go. Is it harder to kind of take away kind of big things away from 
games like this where you feel like you should come in and get it done? Yeah, I think, you know, understanding that we, we came in here to do what we were supposed to do, uh, but now it's like, you know, we got to shift that and have the same mindset against, you know, Boston. They're going to be more aggressive. You know, certain mistakes we had tonight aren't going to be able, not, aren't going to be misses tonight, aren't going to be turnovers for them tonight. So, like, our against Boston, excuse me. So we got to be ready to uh, keep the same energy and keep the same focus. How much fun is it for you to come back to the garden and play? Uh, man, this is this is always, you know, a blessing. You know, as a kid, always coming in here, uh, watching games. So for me to be on the court, you know, is um, just pretty pretty special. It's always fun to be out here and uh, playing for the home, hometown. And how about having your family here also? How yeah. Um, every time I, I try to limit as much time with my family as much as possible because then I start to get overly, um, how do I say, overly excited, you know, and they start to do too much. So I kind of just have dinner and then go sit in my room and kind of just let relax a little bit because my first year we played Brooklyn and we played the Knicks you know in like four days so we stayed here and I barely remember playing both games because I was just doing so much so this time around I'm just kind of just relaxed and just, just going out there and just having fun you know at the end of the day I'm playing in front of my family you know understanding that we we need this game obviously but like just going there just playing like a little kid. That was Donovan Mitchell 23 points on 9 of 21 shooting Donovan also adding 8 assists and saying they've got to keep it up and play even better going into tomorrow night's game against the Boston Celtics. Let's now let you hear from Rudy Gobert. Approaching these games now. I love it. I think that's the way we we should play every night. That's jazz basketball and that's our dandy. You know, and we're able to do it against uh, against teams that maybe are not contending teams. You know, we have to do it every night and we have to keep doing it even when things get tough. I think if we keep trusting one another and, and, and keep communicating on, on the defensive end and, and moving the ball offensively, we're a very good team. What are the differences you're seeing like when the Knicks went on that run in the third quarter, got the momentum, but you guys were able to respond and limit their productivity. What, what are you seeing that's the difference in these stretches, the, the shortening of those stretches? I think we just tightened up. We felt like we were a little too loose defensively. Uh, they were attacking us and we didn't have no reaction, so we really uh, I think we took a timeout and we really came out and we were on a different team and you know when we cut those runs short runs gonna happen but when we cut them short and we were able to react quick um, it's great it seems like you guys are just playing with all-time confidence right now what do you think about that as also you go against Boston coming up in a couple days we, we got to come out every night with the same confidence you know we the confidence that we can be the best defensive team in the league and the confidence that when we move the ball we very, very hard to guard. And when we do those two things, I think we can beat any, anyone. Do you think that maybe you guys have been fortunate to have a handful of games against non-contending teams after you guys had that losing stretch to maybe return to basics and focus? I mean, we also lost some games against some of these teams, so I'm not ready. It's the schedule. We don't play contending team every night, and contending team lose here too. You know, so it's uh, every night is a different opportunity, and you know, uh, and these guys are talented. They, they don't have a great record, but you know they, they try to go at us. Any team trying to go at us every night, so every night is a different challenge, and it's on us to bring it every night and keep getting better every night. You guys are really exploiting the pick and roll today as well on offense, and just Mike seems to be finding his rhythm. What are you seeing there? That's the difference with him lately. He's aggressive. He's aggressive, but I think he really starts the game looking out for his teammates and. As a point guard, I think it gets us all going. And, and then when the second unit comes in, you can see that he's attacking the rim, he's shooting his shots, and that's what we need. You know, I think he's really controlling the tempo for, for us and you know, he's finding his, his groove again because I think the injury probably took out his rhythm a little bit. But tonight, we, we saw the real mic. What do you think when you see teams 
not showing respect to Royce on the perimeter and deciding to leave him open. I mean, it's 40, 40, how many percent? What's the percentage? 42? Mm. Yeah, we like that. To shoot that shot, that's cash. That's Rudy Gobert. Nice game from him. 18 points, 14 boards, two block shots, and Rudy even added an assist in the second really, really nice game from Rudy Gobert in a row. Up next for the Utah Jazz, they take on the Boston Celtics in Boston uh, coming up tomorrow night. That game will uh, tip off at uh, excuse me, at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 5. Coming up next, more DJ and PK here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, that's the best of the post game. Coming up next, DJ and I, here's what we do. We talk about the AD jobs in the Pac-12. What is good? What is great? What is not so good? We rank them. We discuss them. Stay with us. We got that next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. All right, PK. Yeah. You know what sucks? What? <laughs> list radio. And in other news, we got a list for you. I think you're going to find this pretty interesting. <laughs> everybody what? talks down list radio in the abstract, but everybody does it. Yeah. And list radio has now been surpassed by list social media. I think it's interesting, though, in a proper context. You can be overwhelmed by it, but in a small dose, particularly how people outside of our area view our area. I think people find that interesting. I know I do. Well, here's a list that you came across on a, a Twitter feed. It's a Sports Pac-12. They tweet lots of Pac-12 lists about lots of things. Some interesting, some really not so much. But you throw a lot of stuff against the wall and you yeah. hope enough of it sticks and that's good enough. And you know what else they do? They list everything newsworthy that's come out in the Pac-12. So you can click on so that. If, if, so you don't miss stories. Yeah, if and they've got, Yeah, right. There's probably 20. And so I look at that. The list stuff I look at, but the, uh, the news of the conference, I look at that every day and click on several of those things because you can find out what's going on in other markets, and they put it all together. And I think it's – I would find that interesting as a Pac-12 fan anyway, but I definitely think it's part of the job. So here's an interesting one. It's a little, uh, a little offbeat, but one of their lists is, and it's not actually their list. They got it from another thing, AD University, which is a thing that people in athletic administration follow. Kind of a Twitter handle, a kind of place to go to, you know, make yourself better, find out about job openings, yeah, know what's going on, interesting studies, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So here it is: the overall desirability of athletic director jobs in the Pac-12. Per AD University. So Sports Pac-12 did not come up with this list. They borrowed it. But here's their power index. Now, just off the top of your head, the best and worst jobs. You know, for a long time, I thought USC would have been one of the best jobs in the conference. But man, what a bunch of headaches. You're going in there, and there's just all sorts of chaos there. I just don't think the regents and the president and some high-profile boosters are all on the same page. And 
Oh, AD is win. powerful, but it is kind of middle management, so that could be a problem. Uh, if you hire the right football coach. Then you get a lot more power. And basketball coach. <laughs> then you get a lot more but, power. But I think if you're going to go top to bottom in this conference, it's always going to be Stanford. Because? Because they just clean house on all this other stuff. Tennis, golf. They're having looked. I've swimming. literally been to every one of their facilities. They're spectacular. They are, and they've got a wall just uh, down the street from the football program, just like it's a tennis complex. And you look at all the great tennis players that have been, that have gone on, the McEnroe's of the world, that have gone on to phenomenal things, and they have that. Plus, you're getting a higher level of intelligence. They've met the academic requirements, and it doesn't always lead to this, and you don't need this to be what I'm about to say, but they tend to have fewer off-the-field, off-the-court problems and issues. Now, they haven't been, you know, haven't been perfect by any stretch, but they just seem to get, particularly in all the other sports, they're just great. I mean, they've, they've been so good at all the other sports for so many years, and i got to imagine that... They're recruiting relative to how, who they target and who they get. I'm talking everybody has got to be very, very high. But until recently, they weren't able to really compete all that well in the most popular sport. Now, maybe it's I, a good I job. That. I understand and, that. And it certainly has changed in the last decade. But maybe it's a good job because there's no expectations. And I wonder how those get factored in. Because I think it comes back to, there's a basketball coach who told you once how Idaho State was a great job because there are no expectations. You can lose for five, six years and maybe still keep your job. That's crazy. Yeah. And so it really comes back to how good are these jobs, how much can people win, versus the level of expectation. Because if the expectation is off the charts, you know, it's great if you're a B-plus student, but if you're expected to get get an A-plus, then that's a problem. Yeah, but see, the world has changed for the better for Stanford. And going far away is not not as, as far away. It's not as big a deal as it used to be. No. You're not reading the scores the next day in the paper. (laughs) (laughs) You can watch every game online. Whatever the sport. Minimum. Right. If not... So if you want to... If you have a swimmer... That's the great thing the Pac-12 Network does. Right. It's broadcast all those things. But but if you have a swimmer now, you can watch swim stuff. At least it's streaming. At minimum. If not better, yeah. Right. Right. So Stanford is equipped. It's a beautiful area. Just... I can see why, in my mind, if I'm ranking athletic director jobs, now the cost of living is a is a negative because it's so expensive. I mean, it's just crazy and getting worse. Yeah, it's just accelerating. It's just out of control. Okay, uh, but the but, schools but that I assume have, they're paying you enough to live there. The schools that have uh, access to the most money also have those high cost of living things. I mean, the Oregon job, the Washington job, the USC job. UCLA, they all have money, but those are all, well, not Oregon, because they're in Eugene. But the others are all, Washington's an expensive place to live, LA's an expensive place to live. I would think Cal's a tougher job. And Cal's too. Cal's a tougher job, and they actually have 10th on this list, because the academics are so high, but the expectations are so high. I don't think they are that high. You don't think they are? No. They don't expect to win? They don't cycle through people there? They, I would put them expecting to win below ASU. I guess I probably would have thought both the same. They both expect to win, although realistically, you know, they don't win a bunch of conference championships. I picked them less. 
I think there's less expectation. Well, they've got ASU 6 on this list and Cal 10. So, I guess it, there's the agreement for you right there. I think the problem is that with Cal, there is less expectation, so you're not getting as money, much money pumped into it, and they don't have as much money. It was just a few years back that they were... Th- they were going to close, yeah. shut the baseball program down. Well, Cal and UCLA both have that issue now. They both been running in the red. They do big but, time. But, no, but they got UCLA four on this list because, in Cal ten because the, in the other sports, UCLA's better. They clean yeah. up. Also, they're really, really good in those other sports, and it's a desirable place for kids because they're not worried about cost of living. <laughs> right? They're they not the buying. Dorms. They're not buying houses no. and whatnot. So. I can see, to me, UC Los Angeles should be fourth. Cal, Cal's a difficult job because there's not that much interest. There's not that much passion. They got all this other stuff. They're interested in all these other things over there in Berkeley. And they don't, they just don't flock. They don't care as much. You're not getting as much donors. So it's it's a hard job to have a comprehensive, well-rounded athletic program at the University of California, Berkeley where it's easier at the other places. The two teams below Cal, I think, are no-brainers. Washington State and Oregon State. State, No population base, less access to money, less access to recruits. Well, it's it's the money for Oregon State because their population isn't any worse than Eugene, and it's actually closer to Portland, if that matters. Because if you come down the freeway, you hit Oregon State first. Yeah. It's right over there to your right. I've seen it. And then you go a little ways longer and you get down to Eugene. But they don't have the money. So, yeah, those are, those are the bottom two. I get that. And then I would put uh, I'd put Arizona at uh, – you already told me Cal, so I'd put Arizona at ninth, I guess. Uh, i put Colorado at nine and Arizona at eight. Colorado, to me – you know that phrase of sleeping giant has been thrown around Tempe for years, which you, I think you want is to throw the, You want to throw that at Colorado, just yeah, like ASU. I think they have more of it. Yeah, more of an opportunity because they're the biggest state school, and well, ASU's the biggest state school, right? But hold on, okay. They are. They both. They both compete against massive amounts of pro teams. They're so a long ways away. From any place, ah, the fact that and, they're sitting over in Boulder, a little, yeah. a little out of the fray. If you, yeah, it, it's you can come into Tempe and go to uh, what one, two, three, four, five, six schools and be like an hour away by flight, if not, and closer by car. Well, not closer, but. I mean, a four or five hour drive, and they can come in and poach you. If you want to stay local in Colorado, it's Colorado. There is nothing else that's local. The closest thing is eight hours away. <laughs> and no one from Colorado wants to go to Utah. They don't get anybody out of Colorado. No, they really don't. They don't even right? try. They don't, I don't think they really even try. You never hear about it? No. If they got somebody, it would be a specific referral. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like Keith Van Horn sends, you know, one of his kids. Or he sends something. women, the female basketball players, yeah. he tells them about because that's what he's doing with his but life now. But that's what it takes. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Colorado, I think, is better equipped to keep the kids home. Now they've got to find a way to do it. Uh, but Arizona's got more winning tradition in basketball, so Arizona gets eight and Colorado gets nine because Arizona's got momentum. Yes, because you can you can draw kids in from California very easily. 
Tucson's not that far away. The winter weather is spectacular. The summer weather that sucks, they can take off. And Especially for, if they're for years and, and years, if there was, and it's probably still this way, well, it is with Pace's kid, anybody who's anything in the state of Arizona goes to Tucson Yeah, to play b- basketball we're talking about. Not football, basketball. Right. Softball has been really good. Uh, they've got other programs that are halfway decent. Yeah. So I can see that. But, you know, a large part of it is football, and they just haven't been good. Stanford won. Oregon and Washington tied for two. UCLA four. USC five. That just surprises me that SC's down that much. But I guess that just goes to all the turmoil you'd be stepping into right now. If they redo this thing in three or four years and everybody's got their act together and they get all the scandals behind them, then SC could shoot up that list. ASU 6, Utah 7. They're your schools, PK, right in the middle. Got their issues, got their pluses, got their minuses. Well, Devils, as far as being right in the middle, they're the perfect program. Now, this is the desirability of the AD job. So, as an athletic director, yeah, yeah. You, got, you don't have the best resources, but you don't have the highest expectations either. So, I can see why they put these two schools right in the middle. Because both these schools have some pluses. But they don't have the advantages of being in L.A., being in the Bay Area. I mean, Stanford alums have money. <laughs> Holy cow. Fundraising at Stanford shouldn't be that hard. It's not. Can you slide me a little of that extra stock you're sitting on? Oh, yeah. You go across the street and you got all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the 20-minute right. circle around the Stanford campus. Yeah. There's some people making money. Oh, big time. Yeah, I mean, that's just a big, big money area there. But you'd rather be at ASU or Utah than off the beaten path at Arizona, Colorado, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State. I guess Cal's the one that's in the really in the big market. Hey, Colorado, I mean, that Boulder area, getting on the ski slopes, are there, there are a bunch of Deer Valley types back there with money? And do they have any tie to see you? I don't, you don't really hear about that. I wonder how easy, because when you talk about overall desirability of an athletic director job, they got to raise money, they got to build facilities. How easy is that at Colorado? I don't, they certainly, they certainly got behind on them for they a while. They got way behind and they're trying to catch up and they're doing a good job of catching up. I don't have enough deep relationships with folks over in Colorado. I had it with Colorado State uh, years ago because I was going over there sometimes twice a year, certainly at least once a year. And now with Colorado, I don't travel with basketball, and I'm in and out with football. Uh, so I, I don't really know folks. I'm just going by what I know of CSU, right? which is up the road a little bit. So my guess is the problems that I was able to find out about CSU, I think it's probably the same thing along the way with Colorado. So, uh, and... Gosh, they've been running through football coaches like crazy for sure. And this Mel Tucker thing, I think, was a was a big blow for them uh, because I think he was building something, but we'll never know now. Right. Uh, and I don't know, you know, what they're going to do. As How far this as is all going to play out? Building. Right. You know, I, the, the the new coach needs to get momentum, and you know that the the best way to get momentum is to come from on the field performance. So we'll see how that plays out, and then maybe he can build some. But I still think it's it's buildable at Colorado. It, to me, Colorado is more buildable than Tucson. Well, that's because we've seen Colorado do it in the last 30 years, and we really saw one excellent season and maybe five pretty good ones in the Dick Tomey era. 
Whereas with Colorado, I think we saw three or four excellent seasons, and we've seen 10 or 15 really good ones. So there's more of a history of it at Colorado. Yeah, Arizona, when it comes to football, they kind of remind me of a better New Mexico. I mean, New Mexico has no recruiting base. Tucson has a limited recruiting base, uh, but... Better access to California and to Phoenix. It's just that it seems like the guys who go there, they're, they've got something wrong with them recruiting-wise. They're too short, a little bit slow, you know, whatever it might be. And so they, they sort of get, you know, maybe the third and fourth choices. And some of those kids can rise up and be really good. But a lot of it is, you know, if, as you've said, and, and you were the one who pointed it out, so much of it is determined upon who you hire. And is that person the absolute right person for the job? If he is, then you're on to something. Rocky Long was the right person at San Diego State. That a kid, Rocky. He's the right person in New Mexico, too. Relative to what they had and what they have, right? Uh, I would I would agree with that. Nobody's had a better run in New Mexico. I mean, your populate, population base is what it is, and you know the number of wealthy donors. That that number is what it is. A football coach I think it's doesn't three. <laughs> and the football coach <laughs> does not control either of those things. And, and Colorado had it going. I think from '89 to '05, they finished first or second wherever they were competing. Oh, yeah, the yeah, changed. yeah. They, got it going on, they, yeah. they had three or four years where they didn't finish one or two, but the rest of the time they did. And then they brought in Dan Hawkins, and it all spiraled out of control. And they finished first or second once in 15 years. Yeah, but their intramural program took a spike. It's intramurals, brother. <laughs> all right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.